Hello, everybody. Welcome to a Chicago Bears Victory Sunday. I'm here uh, myself, Jack Passong. With me, I got my cousin, Garrett Groot. And I am very excited because the Bears are 5-1. and one. We might not feel like a 5-1 and one team, but it doesn't matter. The record is what it is. The Bears are 5-1, and one, and I'm happy. Garrett, are you happy? Yeah, actually, this is the first time I've came out of a game thinking that the Bears actually played better than the scoreboard showed. Yeah, and I think even every year, I feel like usually the Bears, let's say they're like six and seven, five and eight, whatever. I always think that they have more talent than what's actually on the roster. And it turns out this is, it almost feels like the opposite, which is better because you can't control your record because it's in the past, but you control how you play in the future. And this is a team where when you got the record in place, I mean, we're one win away from being six and one. If we can go into LA and win next week, we're six and one and we're in first place right now in the NFC North. And it's, it's a fun spot to be in considering how the bears usually tend to be like, Oh, maybe we went out, maybe we get in and now we completely control our own destiny. Yeah. Well, you brought up in the beginning that actually kind of brings me to my first point. Did you see Nick Foles press conference at all after the game? I did a little bit. I was um, I didn't actually watch it live, but I think I saw some clips, but I do just love I remember his mindset was can you give a little bit more background uh, just so I, mean, I he can pre- remember it a little bit better? Yeah, I mean, he pretty much came out and he was just like, yeah, whatever. We're not playing the prettiest football ever, but we're winning. And that's really all that matters. I mean, obviously, there's things we sit. We don't go back there and think all oh, where we can walk on water. We know we have things to get better at. And we're just happy we keep winning games. We know like he's like basically the thing he came out with uh, the most that I was most impressed with. He goes, if we were playing the best football we were and barely winning these games, I would be worried. But we're playing not nearly the best football we could play. And we're still winning these games. Yeah. And I, he just got me all fired up when he was talking about that. Right. And I even think I think even last week, I even saw a little bit different of a vibe from Matt Nagy. When he was when him and he was kind of going at the offense, saying the offense, even though we beat Tampa Bay, we're still not playing as good a football as we can get. Seeing that from Foles today, and I don't even know how many times today did we mess up. I mean, we get that fumble, the scoop, and we don't end up scoring it, and then Foles just throws that terrible interception in the third quarter. <laughs> That and was then one you, of the worst passes I've ever seen. The worst decision right. slash passes. <laughs> I mean, this is a total overreaction, a total recency bias comment here. But in my head, I'm thinking, is Mitch ready to go? I mean, that was one of the worst <laughs> passes I've ever seen. Aww. And that's that's such a that's such a dumb fan, a dumb fan comment to say. We need our we need Mitch Trubisky back in the game, but that clearly went through my head after that throw. Especially Montgomery was wide open on that play. And the thing is, each week, so this week, I think we can both agree, they did not play perfect football today, and they still came away with the win. Last week, yeah. they did, last week, or I guess it was last Thursday, it seems like a while ago, not perfect football again. Foles missed a lot of open receivers, especially early in the game, but he does. I know, uh, was it Vilma today? Who was the partner of Vilma as the announcer today? What was his name? He's a guy that's been around for a while. I don't know his name, though. Yeah, every, voice yeah, is very if, familiar. Yeah, if you if you know his name, just, I don't know, look it up. No, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, but they, even the week before that, I don't know how many times did he say that Nick Foles is like a three-point shooter, which I think they stole that take from, like, Big Cat on Redline Radio. And then the week before that, I mean, against the Colts, Foles is just missing open guys. So 
what is awesome about this is not only do we have, I think when Foles is the quarterback, you have a quarterback who the entire team respects because he has a Super Bowl MVP trophy. Like when Mitch Trubisky, whether or not you like Mitch or don't like Mitch, if you're Kyle Long, let's just pretend we're two years in the past. If you're Kyle Long, you got this quarterback who's a rookie or a second year or a third year player who's never won anything. You know, the they just traded the franchise to get him. He still has never proven anything to you. Whether or not Foles is playing well or not playing well, he has a Super Bowl MVP. He has a 27 touchdown and two interception season. So regardless, you're just you're going to get respect when you have a player of that caliber. Cause has anybody on this bears roster outside of Nick Foles won a Super Bowl? I don't think so. I could be wrong. Was Trevathan with Denver? No, I don't know about that. You know, I actually, I think you're right. Regardless. Yeah, I'm, maybe. I, no, yeah. you, I was just, I was just thinking it's a good point. <laughs> you're probably right. But I think when you just throw a guy like Nick Foles out there, I mean, I think the defense plays was just a lot more aggression than what we saw when Trubisky was the quarterback. Would you agree? Yeah, no, you saw it. It actually almost happened immediately in Atlanta when Foles came into the game. All of a sudden, the defense started getting a lot more pressure on Matt Ryan. The whole game seemed to turn around. I know you could turn say we, we were slow in the games before that as well, but it just feels like Khalil Mack's been a different animal since that game, since Nick Foles was put at the court, starting quarterback position. Yeah, and I don't know if that's from Nick Foles. I have a different take on this one. I do think it's because in the game against Indy, when he dropped that interception and he's supposed to be, you know, one of the top defensive player, when he's one a top five paid defensive player in the league, I think he still is. I doubt any, I doubt four guys have topped him. I know Aaron Donald has, but when you drop that interception against the Colts, when it's like, you're the top guy on this defense, you need to be able to make plays when that ball just pops right in your belly. I think that had to light a fire in his head and think, look, I'm one of the top players in the NFL and I can't make that play. Cause then we saw it against Tampa where he really should have had like three sacks. I don't like one or two got taken back against Tampa yeah. today. He looked great. I know one passer. Yeah. But even today, one of the sacks that he, he got and I'm not going to act like, it shouldn't have been his, but it was set up by Robert Quinn and Akeem Hicks where he ended up getting the section. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a, it's great to see the speed of Robert Quinn out there when he's out there. I mean, he hasn't played that many snaps this year, but it seems like when he's out there, he's effective and he's making the guys around him better. Right. Without a doubt. And I think you throw him on the same pass rush with Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. I wish we had Eddie Goldman. We don't, yeah. but regardless, and I, and I don't want knock on, I'm knock Nichols on. has been good though. Yeah, Nichols been great, but he's still not. I mean, think about it, we had him and Eddie Goldman. I mean, who knows? You know. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've had I'm knock on wood here. I mean, we've had great injury luck, which is a huge part of football. I think that a lot of people that don't watch the game or don't completely understand the game don't understand because there's so many injuries in the game of football. And like, look at San Francisco right now. I mean, they would Garoppolo was hurt for three games. You got Bosa out for you got Solomon Thomas out for the year. Kittles missed a couple of games. It just there's just so many injuries. And I think right now the bears are in a great spot. I think we had this kind of luck in 2018. Like we lost. The ridiculous Daniel. thing is not only have we had good injury luck for our team, we've had great injury luck for teams playing against us. Yeah. We've missed, they've missed Galladay on Detroit, Julio with Atlanta, Godwin with Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't know if um, Darius Leonard goes down in the second half of the Colts game. We're, we've had, and Kirsten McCaffrey didn't play against us today. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. It seems like everything right now, it seems to be – I feel like usually as Bears fans, I look at a season and think, God, the Bears are 4-4. Four and four, We should be 6-2. and two. It's kind of fun to actually be on the opposite side of everything where – you know what? Hey, you could look at our schedule. We could have lost today. We could have lost to the Falcons. We could have lost to the Lions. We could have lost to the Giants. We could have basically lost every single game we've been in. I feel like I might be forgetting one. I don't know if I am. No, there were five and one. Is there what's what other game did we win? We beat the Lions, the Buccaneers, the Giants. Today was the um and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay and today why am I oh and the Panthers yeah so I mean oh, yeah, all yeah. five of we could be 0 and 6 and we could be looking at like why this is the biggest disaster of the season ever but I feel like usually the Bears were on the other side of that so it's awesome let's enjoy it you know it's awesome yeah I mean I'm not gonna apologize for being five and one like, it just everyone keeps telling me oh we're the worst five and one team ever we were the worst four and one team ever. we were the worst three. it's just like when's it gonna stop I mean eventually you got to throw some respect on our defense our defense is that good well, we've given up six. It was going to this game. I think we were the league leader in touchdowns allowed. I think it was like six touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. That's a bend, don't break. But just like I mean, you, every time you hold those guys to field goals, that is huge. Right. And I think even today, I mean, I, I don't want to say the refs were completely biased in the Panthers direction <laughs> today. Having said that, there were a few of those drives today where – and this is what I really, really respected about the Bears defense was there were plays that would go against them, whether it was the refs, whether it was, you know, a, a missed tackle or whatever it was. And then they would get right back on the ball and they would like, you know, have another play for a loss. And I felt like even though like, you know, you, a lot of times you see just let me, whatever we should have been, we should have been off that drive, you know, fuck that. And, you know, they ended up finishing it. We're like, you know what, we're not going to be the team that whines, which I think is a huge huge trait to just show about their character to say like, Hey, you know what? We're not going to be the team that whines. We're going to be the team that you're going to try to call everything against us. And we're still going to win. Like there was that, like a couple of pass interference calls today. No, I know there were some calls that went against the Panthers. I'm not saying it was all against the bears, but a couple of those calls, the way they rebounded, like the next play, I thought showed a lot about that team. Because they were not feeling sorry for themselves. They said, you know what? Bad calls are going to happen. We're not going to be the team that whines. We're going to be the team that steps up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I love seeing that out of them. I mean, as a fan, there's nothing else you want more is when you get your mind just like, oh, we just got screwed. And they come back and they make a play and you're not, you're not game over or anything. But yeah. on that note, the one PI that I just couldn't believe was the Jalen Johnson on the left side. Perfect coverage. Textbook coverage. Yeah. No, that, that, and, you know, it's a fellow DB. You're a fellow DB. We're part of the DB community. Doesn't matter what <laughs> level you played at, whether it's MSL, IHSA football, or NFL. It's all equal in our opinion. Uh, but no, that was textbook coverage from Jalen Johnson. And Jalen Johnson did not grab his arm. His arm got grabbed by oh God. Was it was it Rob? Was it Anderson or who? Who the fuck was the receiver? I don't even know. Was it maybe it was Moore? Yeah, it might have been. It was more Anderson, but the fact that he's just perfect coverage. And for those who don't follow football, you're allowed to box a guy out when the ball, when you're going for the ball, you're not allowed to interfere. But when you, the ball's coming right from here, I can body whoever yeah. the hell I want to body. You want to keep your weight in between play. the ball and the guy, and that's what you're taught to do. And he did it absolutely perfectly, and he got a penalty thrown at him. If this was last year, I think that gets overturned. Back when there was. You could review PIs, which I'm so glad they don't have that anymore. It would just slow down the game so much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 
One question I had about that is, so I guess we've noticed through the year, I mean, I think Jalen Johnson has done an awesome job. He's one of my favorite picks that we've had in a long time. But I do notice that he's almost always on the number one receiver, it feels like, where we have Kyle Fuller on the other side, who's an absolute dog. Do you understand why they get like they don't have Kyle Fuller switching sides to maybe follow the number one? So I, I know what you mean, and it does seem kind of odd. And I think Carolina's a weird team because it's – like if we were playing Atlanta, like clearly you got to put your top corner on Julio. When we play a team like Carolina, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Look, I mean, I haven't watched Carolina that much, but if I did watch a lot of film, I probably would think of one as a one, one as a two. But I don't know how much of a difference there is between DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Robbie guess- Anderson looked good to me today. DJ Moore looked good to me today. So I'm not going to add up. But the one thought that I might have is Kyle Fuller. I think he, the way he's been hitting, the way he's been tackling – they might it, you might put him away from the the number one receiver because he might be more of a tackling force. Where I've seen Jalen Johnson miss some tackles, you know he might be, and I think <laughs> he has missed some tackles. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's definitely missed some tackles. I'm not going to argue with that one. But if you have Kyle Fuller who more plays like a safety, maybe you throw him on the not the weak side, but the side away from the number one receiver. So that way, if he sees there's a sweep or he sees there's a run going to the outside. You want him to be more of your linebacker than Jalen Johnson, who we've seen missing a lot of tackles. That's my guess. I don't want to – I'm not going to act like I know exactly what the scheme is, but that's kind of my thought yeah. process. Okay, that makes more sense to me. The reason I noticed it was more of last week against the Bucs. It felt like Jalen always ended up on one-on-one coverage uh, with not much safety help with Mike Evans, and that just kind of scared me because, I mean, Mike Evans is a damn good receiver, and putting a rookie on him is a lot, shows a lot of trust. Yeah, you know, it could even be a thought where, I mean, Kyle Fuller, I think his fear, he had a couple missed plays and, you know, I could talk, it was driving me nuts today how the corners were just, not just the corners, but even the DNs, the outside linebackers, the way they were giving contain, and it felt like the the Buccaneers, or not the Buccaneers, the Panthers running backs, especially Mike Davis, the former Bear, they just always were able to just like stop and everybody came in and then just go to the outside like we didn't know exactly what was going to happen. So I was a little frustrated today with Fuller in terms of that regards. Fuller and Johnson, I think both of them, like, could have contained a little bit better. But overall, I think Fuller's playing with so much confidence right now. And I think it's fun. He's totally a leader on that defense. I think him and Jackson together. And I think Johnson's going to get to that point because Johnson's new. You know, when you're a rookie – and the thing is, he's also getting picked on. It feels like left and right. Maybe – like you said, because he's always seems to be guarding the number one receiver, but he's getting picked on like all the time, which I think when you're a rookie and you're not fucking up when you're getting picked on, I think that's awesome for your confidence to know, Hey, I'm not messing up. And even if you have a couple misplays, like you're not giving up deep ball touchdowns, you know, sure. You have a couple missed tackles, but they're not huge. And the bears are five and one, you're five and one. They're picking on you every game. You got to be happy with the way your season's going. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think for how much people have been targeting him, he's done a great job. So, yeah, Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. Yeah. And one last thing I want to talk about is Cole Komet. I kind of was talking (laughs) with some of my friends about how Cole Komet had one catch through five games. And I don't want to say, and I know he's a Barrington guy, he's a St. Vider guy. I don't, and I know I'm totally over-exaggerating on this one because I know we picked a tight end in the second round like five years ago, Adam Shaheen, and it clearly didn't pan out. But today, <sighs> first, what was it? The the first drive we got, we got an interception and then a 
perfectly thrown ball from Nick Foles to Komet. And then we did like a, a, a route in the flat to Komet. And look, I, he might have only had two or three catches today, but I feel a lot better about that draft pick today. And that might be illogical, irrational, but regardless, I feel so much better about Cole Komet today than I well, felt I, yesterday. I mean, I get it. I mean, we, for a while, we were just seeing absolutely nothing for how much we gave. We didn't give up, but we could have had an O-lineman, a DB that we thought could have made an impact right away. Instead, we was a tight end, which we had eight of at the roster at the time. But just to see him out there making a play, we just felt awesome. One thing I didn't understand was, why are we running a tight end screen to Harris when we have a guy like Komet? It makes no sense. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I think I was... I was t- I I feel like I have like a few group chats going each Bears game and I I just copy and paste so I don't know exactly which made each <laughs> group chat, but yes I was totally on that same. Bar. Why is Harris in the game when we got <laughs> Jimmy Graham? I know Jimmy Graham is not the Pro Bowl tight end that New Orleans had that Seattle had, and I know Cole Komet. I know he's got the measurables, but I realize. Tight end is a tough position to pick up as a rookie. I get that. But still, we got Jimmy Graham, Cole Komet. Why is Demetrius Harris in the game <laughs> in big plays? Having plays, and, drawn up, having plays drawn up for him. Right. And also, <laughs> it's like, it's not like it's, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sound dumb here. It's not like it's plays we couldn't run with a, like David Montgomery or Cordero Patterson or somebody way faster than Harris. And for some reason, we kept going to him. And what was it? I, I think it was uh, – we did one bubble screen. I Look, I'm going this off pure memory, so I could be completely wrong. But I'm pretty sure it was a bubble screen left, and Harris just totally missed the block. It looked like, oh, great play by the Carolina quarter. No, Demetrius Harris just missed the block <laughs> against a guy who is six inches taller than him. It's like, make the block. You know what? We have Colt Komet. We have Jimmy Graham. I'm not saying Jimmy Graham makes that play. Komet but... makes a lot of great blocks, though. Every time I see Komet in the background of a play, he's blocking the hell out of somebody. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think Komet is going to be a stud. And that's why I was so happy to see him play well. But why do we still have plays going to Harris? I I don't, I don't know, understand I don't it. Know. It's not like he's proving us wrong. Like if he's proving, maybe who knows? You know what? I'm not in practice to watch. Maybe he's proving, maybe he's making real good plays. And he's like, coach, I got to be out there. And he's just fucking up in the game. That's possible. But from what I see, let's keep Komet on the field. Jimmy Graham, he seems to usually be on the field. Harris needs to be the number three tight end, in my opinion. I hope so. I hope that's what it kind of goes to. It felt like it kind of went that way a little bit today, but still Nagy just, I don't know. I can't, I can't, you can't understand what Nagy's thinking at any point in any game. Yo, I, I agree. And I mean, today, I think it's just the weirdest season in the world where I've never seen so many people mad at a coach when the team is five and one. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's really easy to be. See, this is kind of what worries me, because if the Bears were two and four, people would be calling for Nagy's head and calling for Pace's head. And to be honest, we're not that far off from being two and four. We're, now, record is all that matters. But every game we've won has been close. Every game we the game we lost, you know, we could we could have won the game. But the fact that when you have fans are all about hindsight's twenty twenty. So when you have fans who were winning games and are ripping on the coach, it almost gives me a little bit more credibility for the fans because it's everyone's a genius when something works and everyone's an, everyone thinks everyone's an idiot when something doesn't work. It's the fact that people are ripping on Nagy right now when we're five and one. It's like eh, I'm getting a 
little worried about that one. <laughs> I mean, if you look at his lifetime record and the fact that everyone calls for his head every year is unbelievable. Yeah, well, it, it's just fun because, look, we're in Chicago is the third biggest market in the country and dude, just football is king. And and it just is because you got you got three million people that live in the city of Chicago. You got seven point five million people that live in this area. Let's just say even if even if 10 percent of those are football fans, that's seven hundred fifty thousand people who are Bears fans and probably even more because people move out of the area. That's a lot of room for people to just make dumb comments and hate someone because they, <laughs> they run a group of 53 grown men, not the way they like them to, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, that's I great. saw, I saw a tweet one time. It was like, you know, imagine if like aliens came to this planet and you try to like explain like sports fandom to them. Like, yeah. So I grew up in this town and it's close to where these guys play a sporting event. And if they lose, I'm upset for the whole week. But if they win and they go to the playoffs and they beat another group of people that live in another town, I could be very happy for two weeks. And then <laughs> that's it. So, yeah, so, hey, so do you win any money? Do you win anything? Nope. I'm just for some reason, I'm happy for two weeks. And it's like I understand how dumb this is. And I love it. Yeah. yeah if someone ever watched like from above with a hidden camera, me watching a Bears game. Like, I'm just standing in the middle of my living room watching the TV. Just, I mean, I have no clue what I could do or say when a play goes the wrong way for the Bears. Right. It's like, yeah, it's, it, it, but it, that's what's fun about it because we realize it doesn't matter, but we try to make it seem like it matters. <laughs> you know, it's, we, we try to make it seem like it's the biggest deal in the world because it makes it exciting for us, you know? Yeah. But, <laughs> Anyway, I'm excited. Uh, Bears Rams next Monday night. I had a blast doing this. I think this was really fun. Yeah, I actually have one last point I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, go ahead. So, the uh, a lot of people wanted the uh, Bears to go maybe try and sign Le'Veon Bell, which I don't even know if we did or if he was never interested at all. But you look at our O line and you look at the way Le'Veon runs the ball. Le'Veon's always been a guy that kind of gets like slow to the line and like reads his holes very well and makes great uh, decisions based off his blocking, he would get killed in the Chicago system. Yeah. Like you I think... see, like there's never holes to go through. If you don't hit, like hit it quick, like we see Montgomery sometimes slows to the line because he's looking for holes and there's nothing there. I think it actually might've been a waste for us to even try and sign Le'Veon because I just do not know if any sort of back could make our running game better right now. No, I, so I'm going to, Totally. When you first said we should sign Le'Veon Bell, you started off this conversation. I was like, yeah, we should sign him. And then your point that you just made, and I'm looking at David Montgomery, who seems to, you know, hit the whole heart. It seems like he knows what he's doing. I'm like, you know, that's a really good point. You know, I don't think think Le'Veon would fit in well with this offense. Now, I originally, when before, I don't want to mean just like a minute ago, I'll even say like three days ago when, you know, Lave, there was talk about Le'Veon going or he being a free agent, figuring out where he wanted to sign with. I was all on board because I thought we needed a pass catching back. But then what I saw today, I saw Montgomery. He looks so much more athletic and so much more agile when he comes out of the backfield catching the ball versus when he does getting handed off. I think he maybe <laughs> had, I don't know. He, actually, today he had a couple of runs on first down that I was pretty impressed with. I think he had like a 10-yard run, an 8-yard run, a 9-yard run, which – I know the fact that it sticks with me is probably an issue, right? When I remember eight and nine and 10 yard runs, yeah. 
But no, I think that's a great point because I don't know what else. If you're a running back, I mean, you played running back in high school. You know, like a running back is absolutely nothing without his offensive line, unless he's Adrian Peterson playing against Kansas in the Big 12 football. You know, like that's the <laughs> only way. And so to think that we're just going to get lazy on Bell and everything's going to be, you know, we'll be able to run the ball better. I don't know if that's true. And I think today Montgomery had that one play where he caught the ball and like he already knew he was going to spin. You know, the one I'm talking about. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. yeah, he like he caught the ball and he like spun out and ended up getting the first down. Like he's way better as a pass catcher, I think, than we give him credit for. And to think that Le'Veon Bell would be a better runner than Montgomery and and look at what Le'Veon Bell's done on the Jets, like absolutely nothing. I mean, we'll see what he does in Kansas City. And I'm not saying it's apples to apples. If he does well in Kansas City, he would have done well in Chicago. Or if he doesn't do well, he wouldn't have done well in Chicago. But I think we'll see what he can do in Kansas City. I, mean, I don't think it's comparable at all because I think that's I mean, what I said. It's a not much better offensive line. <laughs> like I said, it's not apples to apples, but you know, he didn't do well with the jets, which honestly right now it's, it's getting up there for one of the most trash organizations ever. Um, it's honestly hilarious. It, I love the jets being bad. I don't have anything. I don't have anything against the jets, you know, I either. it's just yeah. hilarious. It, it is kind of – I do find it funny. You're right. I do find it funny, even though, what, the Jets won the third Super Bowl. So it's, that's 52 years ago. So no, we'll just put 80% of Jets fans have no idea what a Super Bowl actually feels like. So, I mean, I don't have anything against the Jets, but what my thought was if he goes into Kansas City and sucks, hey, Bears, like, good, nice work. Nice work yeah. not signing was – and maybe it was him. Maybe it wasn't the offensive line. If he goes into Kansas City and dominates – you can't really take too many conclusions from that because, look, you yeah, can't say to the a great back. I think we have a great back in David Montgomery. I, I don't think the issue is David Montgomery. I think it's a lot of the system and the O line just getting zero movement. Our O line's not a great pad, not a bad pass protection team. But if you look at, they don't get any push up front. And I mean, Montgomery's done the best he can with that. I'm just a homer for a running back. I like to defend the running backs. I, I love. Hey, I as a former DB, you played DB too. I like to always defend the cornerback, the safety, the. I, I'm always <laughs> anti-pass interference. And look, I think today there were a couple pass interference calls. There was one that went against the Panthers, and I like I had to apologize to like my friends. I know this helped the Bears. <laughs> But morally, I feel defeated as a person that I'm happy about this. I like had to apologize to all my fellow DB brethren, and I, I, I felt terrible. I felt I felt like I lost a part of me inside. Having said that, I will take I'm the sure first people, down. <laughs> I'm sure, the people with you acted completely rationally as you apologized to them. Right? Yeah, you know that's a totally rational comment from a <laughs> 25 year old adult to feel like I need to apologize <laughs> to the fucking nine people I'm watching a football game with. I know, hey guys, I used to play DP. I apologize. It's not my fault, but I do feel emotionally responsible for this one. So. I don't know. I'm being an uh, idiot right now. <laughs> I think that's a good way to wrap this thing up. <laughs> this is, dude, this was fun. I'm going to hey, – Garrett, thanks for coming on. Um, hope you feel – hope no you problem. hope you're doing well. And, uh, hey, we got L.A. on Monday night next – Monday. That that sounded weird. We got L.A. on next Monday. All right. I'll talk to you later, right. Garrett. Have a good thanks one. Thanks for having me on.